From the Free Presbyterian Church of Ulster we present Let the Bible Speak. It's good to have you join us today as we spend time around the Word of God, preaching Christ in all His fullness to men and women in all their need. On behalf of Let the Bible Speak, let me welcome you to the broadcast today. It's always a joy to come around the Word of God and study the Scriptures together. 
It is our earnest prayer that the Lord will meet with us in his word and speak to every heart as we listen to his truth today. Returning in the word of God to the gospel of Mark and the chapter 8 for our Bible reading. We're going to commence to read from verse 22. And he cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him, and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand, and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes, and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught. And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. After that, he put his hand again upon his eyes and made him look up, and he was restored and saw every man clearly. And he sent him away to his house, saying, Neither go into the town, nor tell it to any in the town. And Jesus went out and his disciples into the towns of Caesarea Philippi. And by the way, he asked his disciples, saying unto them, Whom do men say that I am? And they answered, John the Baptist. But some say, Elias, and others, one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Peter answereth and saith unto him, Thou art the Christ. And he charged them that they should tell no man of him. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he spake that saying openly and Peter took him and began to rebuke him. But when he had turned about and looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter saying, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. Ending our reading at verse 33, we know that God will bless his precious word to every heart. Let's unite together in prayer. Our gracious God, we seek thee in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for your help, wisdom, and grace as we come to the scriptures of truth today. We thank you for your word, your word that is forever settled in heaven, your word that is quick and powerful and sharper than the two-edged sword, your word that is a lamp to our feet and a light unto our path. And we pray as we turn to this portion of God's word today and we focus in upon our blessed Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ, that thou will speak to our hearts. We thank thee for the Savior who is the Christ of God. And as we seek to elevate him and speak upon him today, Lord, may our hearts be stirred, may our hearts be warmed, and may we be drawn out after the Lord. We pray for the ministry and the help of God the Holy Spirit. He is our teacher. We're very conscious of that. And both the hearer and the preacher now is in great need of the Holy Spirit. Come and minister to our hearts and fill us with your divine power for Jesus' sake. Amen. I want to draw particular attention to the words of verse 29 here in Mark chapter 8. 
And he, that is Jesus, saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Peter answereth and saith unto him, Thou art the Christ. When it comes to hymnology, John Newton is best known for his world-famous hymn, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound, That Saved a Wretch Like Me. It is his personal testimony how that the amazing grace of God reached him and saved him from his sin. However, John Newton wrote 280 hymns, one of which is based upon Peter's great confession of faith recorded here in this text, and also in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 16 and Luke chapter 9 and verse 20. Newton's hymn declares one of the most important questions that can ever be asked or answered. What think ye of Christ? Indeed, this is the supreme test of all that we are and all that we believe. And the answer to that question will reveal not only our attitude towards Jesus Christ, but our eternal standing before a holy God. What think ye of Christ is the test to try both your state and your scheme. You cannot be right in the rest unless you think rightly of him. As Jesus appears in your view, as he is beloved or not, so God is disposed to you, and mercy or wrath is your lot. This is the question that is asked to the disciples of Christ. First of all, in a general way, whom do men say that I am? And there were several answers. John the Baptist, Elias, one of the prophets, and Matthew adds to that list the name of Jeremiah. But then comes the personal question, but whom do ye say that I am? It is Peter that steps forward at this precise moment, and he gives his personal testimony and confession of faith when he says, Thou art the Christ. And Matthew gives more detail than Mark and also that of Luke. Peter's full confession is, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. It is at that precise moment that Jesus declares, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The church of Jesus Christ is built firmly and solidly upon Peter's confession of faith. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Here is my standing. Here is my foundation. Here is my eternal security. This confession of faith belongs to every true child of God who has anchored himself or herself in the rock of ages. From the depths of our heart, we can cry with sincerity, Thou art the Christ. But what does this statement really mean? Do not pass over this very powerful declaration of just four words in the English language and incidentally four in the Greek language without taking time to consider the full significance of this statement. Because what think ye of Christ is the test. 
As this question searches out our hearts and we seek to give an honest answer before God, it will reveal the true state of our souls before the Lord in the light of eternity. As we approach this subject, let me say that you ought to think about Christ. What think ye of Christ is the question of all questions. Sadly, there are some people and they do not think about Christ at all. You might ask, why should I think about Christ at all? You think much about food and drink, clothing, money, amusements, ambitions, family, employments, problems and trials and so forth. You have plenty of time to think and ponder over these earthly, temporal matters, but little time to think about those things that pertain to the great eternity. Your mind is constantly occupied by the things of this life and not the things of God. Indeed, that is the state of thousands upon thousands of people that surround us every day. They never go to church. They never read their Bibles. They never consider their soul. They never ponder their eternal well-being. They never think about Christ. Their God is this world. I'm putting it to you as we approach this subject, you ought to think about Christ. And you ought to think about Christ because of who he is and what he has done and what he is still to do one day. I want to think about Christ's searching question and Peter's confession of faith as we have it here in Mark chapter 8. First of all, I want you to consider that in the unbelieving world, there are many opinions. For those who do not truly know Jesus Christ as their Savior, their thoughts and their opinions vary. There are those like the unbelieving religious Jews in Christ's time when he was here upon the earth. They scrutinized his life. They listened to his preaching. They watched his mighty deeds. They studied his example. And they made their assessments and they drew their conclusions. Some said of him, he's John the Baptist. They noted the fiery, fearless preaching of Christ, and they remembered how John proclaimed the Word of God in the same way. They also thought about the call to repentance. That was the message of John, and that was the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. It might even have been something to do with the appearance of the Lord. We know that John dressed in in rugged apparel, and perhaps that was so with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so some said he's John the Baptist. Then there were others, and they said he is Elias or Elijah. It was foretold that he would come before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And as they looked at Christ, they could see similarities between the Elijah of the Old Testament and the Christ of the New. And then there were those who likened him to Jeremiah the prophet, the weeping prophet, the prophet whose eyes ran down with tears, rivers of tears. And they beheld the man of sorrows, the Lord Jesus Christ. And as they observed the sorrows of Christ, they, they thought about Jeremiah the prophet and said, surely it is him. And then others concluded he's one of the prophets, for he resembled some of their characteristics. And then there are those from the world of false religion and cultism, and they have their opinions too. And so the question is, what think they of Christ? 
That's the great test of all. Every single cult and false comparative religion have wrong views of Christ. And basically, they narrow down to two. Some say he's just a mere man, nothing more. A great man, but just a man. And others say that Christ is insufficient. It is Christ plus something else for salvation, Christ plus religion, Christ plus works, and so on and so forth. They constantly take his name in vain. They think little of the Lord Jesus Christ when we think of the the world of the ungodly and the opinions that they have. They're not ashamed to deny his deity, repudiate his miracles, oppose his teachings, reject his love, trample upon his commandments, mock his cross, refuse his salvation. How wicked and sinful are the thoughts in their minds when it comes to the eternal and the infinite Son of God. Some in the world simply have misty and vague thoughts of Christ. They do not deny his existence. No, not for one moment. They know that he is called the Savior of men, and they know that he's the object of Christian worship. They've heard about him in Sunday school or in some worship service that they have attended, but they do not really know him. They do not know who he is or what he came to do. Then secondly, in the believing world of God's people, there can only be one answer to this question, what think you of Christ? And it's the declaration that is given here by Peter, thou art the Christ. This declaration is proclaiming that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He's the promised one of God, the one that was promised from Old Testament times that would come into the world. To say that he is the Christ is to proclaim all the great doctrines surrounding his person and his work. To say that he's Christ is to proclaim the deity of Christ, that Jesus Christ is God, very God of very God. To say that he's Christ is to proclaim the eternality of Christ, that he is without beginning of days nor end of life. It is indeed to proclaim the purity of Christ, recognizing the sinless character of the Lord Jesus Christ and the sinless births, to proclaim that he is the Christ is to proclaim the remedy of Christ, that he is the only answer for this fallen world, the only savior of guilty, hell-deserving sinners. To say that he's the Christ is to proclaim the sufficiency of Christ. He is all that we need or could ever desire. As Charles Wesley said in his hymn, Thou, O Christ, art all I want, more than all in thee I find. And that's how we feel as Christians. Jesus Christ is all that we need. Because of all this, the thoughts of true Christians are as high and as holy as we can imagine. He is the Christ. He is my Christ. We think of Christ in his wondrous person. We've mentioned the fact that that he is God. Jesus Christ is the God-man. Very God of very God, and at the same time, very man of very man. As Bishop Ryle put it, a person who is at one and the same time perfect God, mighty to save, and perfect man able to feel. We think of Christ also in his blessed redemption. He is the all-powerful redeemer. 
who came into this world to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself and deliver us from guilt and hell. Yonder upon the cross of Calvary, he gave his life as a ransom for the sinner. And because of that, I go free. We think of Christ in his loving friendship. What a blessing it is to have Christ as our friend. What a greater blessing it is to be regarded as the friend of Christ, this friend who left heaven for us, who came into this world for us, who lived for us, who died for us, who rose again for us, that we might be saved forevermore. We think of Christ in his mighty kingship. He is our king right now. We own him as such. King of my life, I crown him now. But he is the coming king. One day we shall see him. One day we shall rise to meet him. One day we shall be with him. He has given to us eternal life. And he has joined himself inseparably to us. The king is coming to reward his faithful servants. And great will be that reward. Happy are you and I that have such thoughts of Christ. <clears throat> and then thirdly, this question is better answered now than in eternity. In eternity, it will be too late to do anything with the Lord Jesus Christ. There is coming a day when every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. But that day will be too late to confess him as the Christ, to own him as your Lord and as your Savior. When Jesus comes or when you stand before him on that great day of judgment at the judgment bower, it will be too late to answer the question of all questions. What think ye of Christ? You must answer that question now and answer it well. It is of vital and eternal importance that you have right thoughts of Jesus Christ now while you live, while you have breath in your body. I would appeal to you this day to have right thoughts about Jesus Christ, to possess this same confession that Peter had in the days when the Lord Jesus Christ lived, to stand forward and own him this very day as Christ, the Messiah, the promised one of God in your life. Awaken to see the value of your soul. All oh, that men and women around us in this world in which we live would understand the value of their soul, their immortal soul, the soul that will never die, the soul that will live on through the countless ages of eternity. Understand the importance of being saved, saved by God's grace, that amazing grace of which John Newton wrote about in that world-famous hymn. Oh, my friend, today you need to be saved. And I love that word, that word saved. It's not a popular word in the days in which we live. And many people seek to misrepresent it. But that word saved is a, great, is a great word, for it means to be saved from sin, saved from the power of sin, saved from the penalty of sin. My friend, you need to be saved. 
I exhort you to break off from this world and turn from your sin. That is repentance. That's what a man needs to do. And do not rest until you come to rest in Christ's all-atoning and all-sufficient work. If you have not done so already, call upon the name of the Lord that you might be saved. I asked you the question of all questions as we come towards the close of this message today. What think you of Christ? Think of Newton's hymn that I quoted to you earlier. What think ye of Christ is the test to try both your state and your scheme. You cannot be right in the rest unless you think rightly of him. As Jesus appears in your view, as he is beloved or not, so God is disposed to you, and mercy or wrath is your lot. When you think of this passage of Scripture, the Lord Jesus Christ speaking to his disciples, asking the question, if I can paraphrase it, what do you think of me? I wonder what your answer is this day. Can you step forward with confidence and resolutely say, Thou art the Christ? Can you add to that the other part of Peter's confession of faith, the Son of the living God? Is this your confession today? Is this your testimony? I trust and pray that it is. And if not, turn in faith to Jesus Christ for Christ's sake. Let's bow together in prayer. Almighty God and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for Your precious, impregnable Word. We thank You that it has come to our hearts today with freshness. We pray for understanding in these things. We know in the days of Christ there was a great variety of views when it came to His person and His work and character. And men had all kinds of thoughts concerning him, as they do today. We think of how some likened him to the prophets of the Old Testament. But Peter stands forward. He's able to declare, Thou art the Christ. And Lord, we're glad today that this is the believer's confidence. We are able to own him as such. Thank you for that day when the free grace of God awoke us when our eyes were opened to divine truth and we came in simple childlike faith to the Savior and we owned him as our Lord. We confessed him as the Christ. Bless your word today. We pray that it will have an impact upon each one that has listened to it. We pray that God will be glorified and magnified as a result. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for spending some time with us today around the Word of God. For further information, visit our website at ltbs.tv. We look forward to joining with you next time as we seek to let the Bible speak once again.